Uh, this is from Saxon. You're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Come on! Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself. I can't afford to be here. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And joining me in the Zoom room to promote the release of Hell, Fire, and Damnation, his 24th studio album with the band Saxon. Please welcome legendary lead singer Biff Byford. Biff, good morning. Hey, good to see you. Good to be there. Very good. Hey. Hey, the new album is fantastic. I've been playing it nonstop all week. How do you guys do it after all these years? It's just incredible. I don't know. We created a monster with this one. Bit of a bit of a Frankenstein album. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, really, just, um, you know, love of our music, really, you know, love of the genre, you know, we love writing songs and making albums and creating new sort of, uh, creating new fans and keeping our, you know, keeping our sort of, uh, you know, hardcore following happy, trying to write great songs for them, so that's really what gives us the juice to carry on, you know. I have to I have to give this statistic out. Saxon has released new music for six decades, 1979 through 2024. It is unbelievable. Did you ever think that you would still be recording and touring at this stage of your life? I don't think I'd be still alive at this stage of my life. So, uh, no, not really. I mean, you don't think about things like this. You know, there's no there's no super plan. You know what I mean? I mean, you start writing songs when you're sort of in a band and, you know, you have a, you have a lot of success. You have a lot of success earlier in, early in your career. And then, you know, it sort, of, it sort of goes on and on. And you take it a day at a time, an album at a time. Uh, that's really, really how you get to this point now, really. You know, 24 albums, uh, you know, we're not counting. But obviously, you know, people like to count. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, when I do my research, I have to count, Biff. I have to I have to look at these milestones. <laughs> it's just incredible. In all the years you guys have been recording studio albums, 
the most time between albums has been three years. I mean, that means a lot to your fans. that You continue to give them new music because a lot of the, you know, legacy acts, so to speak, they're okay with just touring on the greatest hits for, for eternity. But you guys, you guys get in there and do it. Yeah, we, we're, we're not really, uh, you know, we like playing big hits from the 80s, but we don't want to keep touring on them. Uh, you know, we still got a lot to say. And, uh, you know, like I say, we're, we're, we're songwriters, you know, uh, first of all. And then, you know, we write the album, we release the album, then we tour on the new album. So that's what gives the adrenaline. That's what keeps the audience interested as well, you know. It's like you you can't tour every two years on the, on the old hits. You have to go like every four or five years. So it's it keeps us uh, it keeps us sort of on the edge. Keeps us writing. And there's some uh, there's some big songs on this album. There are some very big songs. But first, I want to start with track one, the prophecy. It's a spoken word piece. Powers of good and evil have been battling for our souls. A war stretching into eternity, fought between heaven and hell. Light versus dark. Is this a myth or is it true? The oldest tale on earth, the prophecy of hell, fire, and damnation. Who is performing this spoken word piece? It's a guy called uh, Blaine Blessed. Uh, is an English Shakespearean actor, but his claim to fame would be uh, he was in Flash Gordon. It was uh, oh. he's, in, he's in quite a lot of films actually. Uh, but you check him out. I know exactly who you're talking about. I I I love the film Flash Gordon, and I know that character. So now I'm going to listen to this in a whole new way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's like, Gordon's alive. Uh, yeah, but he's been in quite a lot of films as well when he was younger. He was like a, a leading man, really, in uh, sort of a British movie uh, uh, in the past. So, yeah, he does a lot. He did a lot of, he did a lot of adverts and voiceovers and things. So uh, it's quite popular. You know, we were lucky to get him, really. He's, he's a bit of a friend, actually. He's, he's from the same part of the country as, as we are, uh, Yorkshire in England. So... Uh, I think he, he did us a favor doing the, uh, the talking for us, definitely. Well, it's always good to have talented friends, that's for sure. Definitely. So, title track, Hell, Fire, and Damnation. The scream at the beginning of this song is absolutely <laughs> insane. Fighting 
Well, it's just one of those ad libby screams you do, you know. You, I mean, when you're when you're ready to do vocals, and uh, you know, especially with this album, because we played a lot of these tracks live in in a rehearsal room first before we recorded them. So I was messing around screaming, you know, and digging in the tracks, and uh, you always do a few ad libs, you know, ohs and ahs and oohs and ees. And that scream uh, sounded great when we listened back to it. So we kept that one scream. Great. Well, how do you keep your voice in the shape that you can still do that in 2024? Um, I don't know. Really. No, I don't do anything special. I just get in front of the microphone and sing, really. Uh, I think, you know, knowing, sort of knowing what you're doing and where you're going makes a big difference. But, uh, you know, no, I don't really do anything special with my voice. I just sing. There's a lot of bands out there. Again, I call them legacy artists. And they'll, you know, they'll replace people here and there. They might even replace the singer. I really feel like Saxon is a band that if there's no Biff Byford, there is no Saxon. So I just want to... I don't know. know. Maybe maybe now, you know, after 24 albums and we're all getting, you know, older. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I'm not... uh, Yeah, I I don't really look at myself like that, you know. I mean, I'm the singer with Saxon. Um, you know, it's just one of them things, really. It's just where where I ended up being a singer. I could have I could have ended up being a bass player in some other band, you know. So um, no, I mean, I, obviously, I'm the last one standing, really, from the original uh, lineup. So I suppose in that respect, I suppose you're right, yeah. But I'm too uh, I'm too humble to say that there's no there's no Saxon without me. Well, that's what I know you're too humble to say it, Biff. That's why I have to say it. <laughs> that's why you said it. That's fair enough. You know what? I never really knew where the name Saxon came from. Can you uh, fill me in on that? Well, it comes from the word Anglo-Saxon, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, you know, it's a tribe uh, that settled in England. Uh, and it's the tribe that were battling with the Vikings back in the day. So, uh, you know, but... It, the word is Anglo-Saxon. I suppose, I suppose you know, people use it for a certain, uh, you know, certain uh, genetic people. You know what I mean? But Anglo-Saxon is the word. Um, so back in the ancient times, we were all Saxons, and then you know the Vikings invaded and they all interbred, and it all started to become a bit all mixed up. But um, that's where the word Saxon comes from. It's an old English tribe. Uh, that settle there. One of the things I love about some of my favorite bands are when they come up with their band logo and they stick with it. And that's the case with Saxon. I love the logo. I love that no matter what you guys release or t-shirts or posters or albums, I'm going to see that Saxon logo. It's immediately identifiable. And who came up with that original logo? Uh, some art students came up with it. Some friends of ours back in way back in 1979. Uh, you know, we had we got our first record deal then, and uh, we needed a logo. And they came up with this, you know, double-bladed uh, axe for the S. Uh, so yeah, we loved it straight away. So you know, and it swings around, and the X is like it's quite a stylized. Uh, I mean, they did a great, great job, really, because it hasn't changed very much. Uh, from uh, the first album, really, you know. 
yeah, maybe a few minor tweaks here and there, but it's it's basically the same thing. Uh, well, the original one was it was a hand painted, and it was hand painted. So I mean, the new stuff is sort of you know all of it digitally done, isn't it? So it doesn't look quite as crude as the original one, but uh, you know it, it looks great. I've still got the original. Uh, I've still got the original uh, backdrop that we used to use on the stage back in 1979 where the logo is actually painted on there. So, yeah. That's amazing. I uh, I was going back and looking through the album covers and they have definitely evolved uh, since 1979's self-titled Saxon. And, and like in this cover for Hellfire and Damnation is just incredible. You guys always bring it when it comes to the album artwork. Yeah, I think this one's pretty special. You know, I, I, and I sent out a brief to a few uh, artists with the record company. I said, look, this is, this is the sort of look that I want. You know, I want it to be sort of, you know, uh, not not sort of, you know, from the Bible, but to have sort of religious overtones because that's really where the prophecy comes from, you know, like the omen and the exodus and all that sort of thing. Right. So uh, it works really well, you know, with the, with the angel that looks a little bit like a Saxon eagle type thing uh, in the middle with the sword. It looks great. I mean, it's a, I think the artist did a great job actually. Um, no, they, he really did. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, this brings me to a question then. How does Saxon work in 2024? Are things done by committee with the band or do you have final say on everything? <laughs> Well, it depends if people are bothered. <laughs> it depends if people uh, can be bothered to get involved. You know, this is the thing. I mean, you know, some guys just want to, you know, chill at home and then go on tour. Other guys want to get involved and things. So basically me and the manager and the record company and the agent basically run everything, really. You know, and the, and the guys are quite happy with that. You know, we don't, we don't put any feet wrong these days. So yeah. everything's worked out pretty good. But yeah, it depends. You know, it depends if you want to get involved with it all. I mean, the music business can be quite. Uh, you know, it's like even doing interviews. You know, if you're doing six, seven interviews a day, you know, it, it can be quite tiring. You know, every day, day after day. So you've got to be committed, and you've got to be fit, and you've got to have something to say. This is the main thing. Yeah, that's true. Well, even bands like the Rolling Stones, I know Keith just wants to come and play, and Mick likes to do all the promotion and. <laughs> you know, picking the t-shirts and that. So I guess that's well, the what thing that is that they, they, they're like us. They know who's good at what, you know, and, yes. um, you know, if, if some guys just can't sort of, um, not our guys, but generally in the music business, you'll get one or two people in the band that are quite sort of talky and can tell a story, you know, and then you get other guys who really quite sit on the edge of the sofa and never say a word. So, you know, you don't want people on a radio that are nodding or, you know, just doing yes, no, no, yes answers. You're going to have somebody that can, like, you know, bring it. So it's not everybody can do that. You know, it's just uh, it's just part of, of people's makeup. You know, Brian, 
is doing some interviews and Nigel does a few interviews. So we do split it up. But the majority of people want to talk to me, basically. So, you know, you have to step up, don't you? And it's just like with Mick Jagger, you know, I suppose I'm not putting myself up as big as and good as he is. But, um, you know, I can see with the Rolling Stones that certain people have their, have their sort of, you know, things that they do. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the and other it's, guys. It's the same with those. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other guys were were also offered up to me, but I said I can't talk about Saxon unless I'm talking to Biff Byford. So, um, <laughs> look, that's just that's how it is well, for gonna, me. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. But you know, some people want to talk about the guitar sounds, and you know, and, and Brian joining the band and all yeah. that sort of things. So, you know, so yeah, it's good having it's good having a few people that can tell a story, definitely. Uh, we have Andy Sneep is back as producer. Do you consider him the sixth member of Saxon in a way? Yeah, yeah on the album, definitely. He, uh, you know, he, he, we did. We should have co-produced this one because he was off doing. Uh, it was off doing Judas Priest at the right. time, so it was a little bit, you know, got his head into that. So I was taking over, you know, the actual production, you know, where to where to play and what songs to pick and all that sort of thing, and. Uh, we rehearsed, uh, we, did, we rented a cinema, a really old 1920s cinema uh, place in Germany, and that was our base uh, through summer, from June till August, and that's where we recorded it, most of the drums and bass and uh, some of the guitars there. We did some in England at my studio. Then we all moved to Andy's studio. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty much done everywhere, really, but we did rehearse everything live. And then laid it, laid the drums and bass down straight away. So uh, there's a lot of excitement in the tracks, definitely. The, yeah, the drums are kicking on this album. I mean, I'm I'm listening in the car and I'm beating my steering wheel into submission. <laughs> well, yeah, don't get it too hard though. The airbags come out, but um, yeah, uh, it's a great album. Everybody's playing absolutely top of their game. Uh, you know, the drums are massive, the bass is smashing. Uh, you know, the, the guitars are absolutely monster sounding. So, you know, and you've got the vocals slamming down the middle. I really love the sound of the album. I, I don't know why we haven't had albums sound like this before, but this one's very special. I don't know. Andy, you know, Andy sent me a message saying, I don't know where it is this album, but I love this mix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, look, so I know what you're saying. The life of own, I think, you know. I know what you're saying. I mean, you released an album in 2018, Thunderbolt. You least released one in 2022, Carpe Diem. And here we are, mm -hmm. 2024. But this one, those albums were great too. But this, there's something, like you said, something special about this one. Yeah. Maybe it's there's something in Roswell. That's what's done it.
Well, I, I have some notes on this one. I wanted to ask about there's something in Roswell. Where do you stand in regard to uh, alien life forms? What what are Biff Byford's opinions? I, I, I think I'm a believer, actually. I'm not a fanatical believer, but I'm a believer. I, I think something happened at Roswell, definitely. Something mysterious happened at Roswell. And UFOs? Nah, you know, I can... Uh, yeah, I can... I don't think we're alone, you know, put it that way. Yeah. Whether there's like these grains living in living in caverns somewhere in the middle of the earth, I don't know about that. But uh, I'm not too fanatical. But um, I definitely think Roswell is definitely worth a song. And let's face it, it it's a great subject for a heavy metal song. Oh, so absolutely. Roswell, I, I love it. You know, and I'm singing it from a point of view that the government covered it up, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, we don't know about it, so it must have been covered up if it happened. Well, yeah, it must have been. You know, something happened there, and uh, you know, for the first three days, when you read the when you read the articles and things, for the first three days, it was definitely uh, you know unidentified object that crashed, and then it was suddenly a weather balloon. So yeah. you know, it's uh, you know you can't do things like. That. Uh, you brought up uh, Andy Sneap and Judas Priest, which reminded me nice. that I was lucky enough to see Saxon twice in 2018. I saw you guys in Anaheim with Black Star Riders opening, and then I saw you guys here in Los Angeles with Black Star Riders opening, you guys in the middle, and Judas Priest closing. And man, those were great shows. Yeah, it was a great tour, though. It was a great tour. I mean, that's the last time we were in America before before the uh, pandemic thing, COVID. So, you know, that stopped everything. But, um, yeah, we've been trying to get back since then. So, obviously, we're coming in April. So, that's pretty cool. Are there dates for Southern California in April? Uh, not at the moment, no. We might come back. We're thinking about coming back later in the year and doing some um, West Coast shows and down into. Uh, New Mexico, you know, we haven't done, you know, I think we stop in, in sort of Texas, I think, on this tour. Uh, we don't go any further. We have to go back, uh, do more tours in Europe uh, with Judas Priest and do all the festivals. So the plan is to come back after we've had a break in September, maybe do some shows, yeah? Well, I look forward to you guys uh, hitting Southern California again, and that's going to be a great show with you and Judas Priest again. Uh, in the UK, both of you guys supporting new music—that's excellent. My uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be the battle of the albums. I think. <laughs> it really is. They, <laughs> I hope they brought it because you guys have set the bar high. Yeah, it's going to be the uh, 
What a great, un, 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 unforgettable tour. Never mind the, never mind the shield, eh? Yeah. Uh, my favorite track currently on the new album, and again, folks, it's called Hell, Fire, and Damnation. It's out right now. Vinyl, CD, digital download. Please go get it. But currently, my favorite track is Madam Guillotine. It's just... All right. They call me the jazz. I mean, I love it so much. And my question for you is, if you, Biff Byford, could send one person in the world to meet <laughs> Madame Guillotine, who would it be? Uh, if I could send one person to meet it, uh, oh, I don't know. That's a nasty question. <laughs> it is a nasty question. <laughs> I don't know. It have to be. It have to be somebody fairly evil, you know, definitely to send there. Although, you know. Uh, they did chop a lot of innocent people's heads off, so that would work. But I'm not going to send anybody back. That's All right, just too too evil. All right, I, I I didn't know if maybe you'd lean into it, but I I, I appreciate the laugh. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let me tell folks real quick, website, saxon747.com, Twitter, at saxonofficial, Instagram, at saxon.official. Biff, when you guys tour, you have tons of songs to choose from, and it's so cool that songs like Motorcycle Man is still in the set list to this day. I mean, you guys have some classics 
from back in the day. And we appreciate when you guys uh, keep those alive, but then integrate the new songs. So thanks for that. Yeah, we're going to be mixing it up a bit, definitely. The set list is going to be, you know, uh, old and new, definitely. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good fun. We're going to play some, you know, we always do, uh, you know, a couple of songs of Power and the Glory because that's probably our biggest selling album. Crusader in America, although maybe you know Wheels of Steel and Denim and Leather are our best known albums. Right. Those two albums probably sold more in America. You know, soon you've got the Saxon album in America, then a lot of the time it's either Power and the Glory or Crusader from those days, yeah. I have a little statistic about Power and the Glory. In 2022, uh, I mentioned Carpe Diem came out. That was your highest charting record in the UK since Power and the Glory. And I mean, after 39 years, the fans still showed up to buy those records.
Yeah, it was fantastic, you know. Especially coming out of COVID, it was a it was a big uh, it was a big deal for a lot of people actually. Uh, you know that that album came out when it did, and uh, yeah, we're really happy. And you know, we have a lot of support around the around the world for the band. It's true. Uh, you brought up Crusader that came out in 1984, produced by Kevin Beamish, who worked with REO Speedwagon, Jefferson Starship, Y and T a much more commercial sounding album. Were you happy with the way that album turned out? Were you guys trying to be more commercial? Well, I didn't really know Kevin Bimish before he, he produced the album. Um, just to, uh, you know, I think the management or record company chose him, uh, but obviously it was he was chosen to uh, bring a more commercial sound to the band. Obviously, but uh, you know, I, I don't know if he did or not. Though I don't know if it worked. I mean, Crusader. The song is unstoppable, you know, that song is absolutely huge around the world. Maybe some of the other tracks weren't quite as heavy as they could have been, but um, I, don't, I don't really know. I didn't really have a lot of choice for these people. I mean, he came over to England and did a bit of uh, you know a bit of work with us before we recorded the album. But um, yeah, it, well, I say it's a big selling album, and uh, uh, probably they did choose that uh, Kevin to bring some commercialism to the yeah. band. But I don't think it worked, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that, although Crusader is a killer. It is an absolute killer, you know, and, uh, you know, it, uh, 
Yeah, we we should we should definitely re-record it. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Okay, Biff, I know you're on a tight schedule. I don't want to keep you. I hope I ask you some questions today that were different from the norm. And I have one. Yeah. Final, thank you. I have one final one for you. Uh, I ask everyone to pick a playout song. It can be any song from your entire career. It can be a song from Hellfire and Damnation. But what song are we going to end this episode with? Let's go out with uh, Madame Guillotine. Uh, I like that's uh, uh, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Right? It's a uh, you know it's a very theatrical song. So let's uh, let's go out on that. All right, I love it, Biff Byford. Thank you so much for your time today. Everyone go out and purchase Hell, Fire, and Damnation. Look for tour dates in the U.S. And everyone enjoy Madam Guillotine. Thank you, Biff. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay.